Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, coming to you today from my Airstream. A silver bullet, which currently serves at both my home and space and office, and sometimes even with my three little ones living here with me. It is the time of divorce, and so that's how life goes. And that is okay, because... The skies are clear up ahead. You'll hear the pitter-patter of rain on this aluminum shell. So don't be distracted from that because the pitter-patter of rain in another place is what I'd like to talk to you about today. Have you ever been to Ushuaia or Antarctica? Ushuaia is the most southern city of South America. And thirdly, a Chilean one as well, Puerto Morales, I think it is. But, you know, I think this one's latitude is actually lower. Longitude? Latitude. Longitude. <laughs> and, uh, and I want to tell you a little bit about what I did when I went to Ushuaia and Antarctica. So, arriving to Ushuaia, it's a tiny town in the middle of nowhere. And you've got the hustle and bustle of just small town. So like two, three cars going by. <laughs> and I was actually being quite sarcastic about the hustle and bustle because it is a sleepy town at the end of the world. And there's some mountains that are not that grand just behind the town. And one of them is called Cerro Bonete. And I decided to go trekking up that mountain to explore the land and see what Ushuaia had to offer. And one of the first things I encountered was the largest beaver dam that I've ever seen. This thing was humongous, and it had giant trees placed into it, that, or, or, or uh, logs placed into it, that you would think that a giant machinery had cut down. But indeed, no, that was a beaver. And the reason that the beaver dams are so large is because they have, they were imported some time ago. And these beavers... Well, when they were brought into the country, they uh, had no natural predators. And so with no natural predators, they just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And they became so large and that they are almost inhumanely large, <laughs> if that could be said. Um, and I don't want my signal to kick off here, so we're going to have to check that in a moment. But... But I decided to make my way around a ways from these large beaver dams because the beaver isn't known that if he was to attack you and take a chunk off your leg, it would be disastrous because if they can knock off a tree, I can assure you some meat off a human leg would be easy to do. Anyways, I digress. And I went up, up into Cerro Bonete camping, and it was divine. There were um, there was snow-capped mountains, and um, there was a shelter that I found. And I spent one night in it, um, away from the most southern points of Argentina. The rain is a constant, and so is the flicker of snow. And and so it went from snow to rain to snow, and I was grateful for the refugio at Cerro Bonete. A refuge is just like the log cabins that we have in Alpine, Alpine huts of Canada and whatnot. And 
The morning after, I decided to bag the summit. And after having done so, I camped up there. And it was beautiful when I pitched my tent. But moments later, a torrential rain began. And, and I was like, I'm not going anywhere at this pace. But I was decked head to toe in my Gore-Tex gear. And I'll never forget tent. And I just stood there. on top of the mountain while the rain howled me and just attempted to soak me through. But it couldn't not because I... inside the tent while it flapped like crazy. And um, and then I made myself, the morning after, survived. Everything went well. And I started to make my way down. And I saw a snow patch. And I thought, oh, I'm going to glissade down that snow patch. And that basically means where you go and you take your pack next to you uh, and you slot down the mountain. Now, the danger, if you are and that's steep, and you lose control on your slide, then it could become an uncontrolled slide fall down the mountain to your untimely death. And and so I've always been very conscious of that, being a mountaineer and, and aware of that. So I start to glissade down the mountain, and and I'm in control, and all seems well, except for the moment when I realize that the glissade is taking me to a section that looks to fall right off a cliff. <laughs> At which point I self-arrested quite quickly. Self-arrest is when you have your uh, mountaineering axe, uh, your piolet, and you turn around and you dig it into the snow and it breaks you and it stops you. So I did that. And then, uh, and then once that was all done and safe and my heart had calmed down a bit, I hiked down a bit to see if indeed I would have fallen off a cliff. And, uh, and indeed, I would have. <laughs> so one of those moments where um, definitely somebody was on my side saying, hey, maybe you should stop here. Um, and so I made my way back down to, to uh, El Lago Esmeralda and uh, a beautiful lake down, down in the valley. Um, and then I made my, well, my way back to town. And I stopped by a shop. Um, that was selling tickets to Antarctica. And I went in and the lady said, oh, hi, how are you? We've got a boat leaving in a week. And the tickets are $10,000. Now, take into account, this is 15 years ago, 14 years ago. So I'm not sure how expensive it would be now, but quite a pretty penny. But she said, you know, if you come the day before the boat leaves, we sell the tickets for 50% off if there's a berth available. So that's exactly what I did. I, I waited a few days and I went camping and whatnot. Oh, excuse me. And then, uh, and then I went back and I said, hey, do you have uh, any availability? And they said, yes, we do. And uh, for $5,000, it's all yours. And so I took it and sailed off on this 100-person expedition ship to Antarctica. And we stopped by the Falkland Islands. The Falkland? No, the Falkland <laughs> Islands. And... Um, and that was really neat as well. But the, 
the crossing was rough. The seas were spiked, and it was very difficult to keep my food down. And while I may have had all sorts of delicacies available um, for food, uh, I could barely eat because I spent most of my trip horizontally. I wasn't even tempted to have a joint because the nausea was just so overwhelming. But I assure you that as soon as we landed in Antarctica, hung out with the penguins for a while, I quickly hiked up the, the, the closest summit or rocky mountain I could see and lit up there <laughs> after having taken hundreds of pictures of penguins. And the icebergs that we saw were beautiful and the snow was uh, pristine, all except for the areas where the penguins left their guano all about. And and it was definitely a great experience, except I would have to say that perhaps next time I would fly because the boat side of things was not made for me. And uh, and that was a two-week adventure. And then headed back um, to Ushuaia, from which point I grabbed a car that I had rented and drove all the way back to... Um, to which town was it? Um, to Torres del Paine. And... Uh, and there went on some hikes as well. So quick little stint, quick little stories of Ushuaia and Antarctica. Highly recommend for those that have not been. But uh, if you could fly, I'd recommend that too. I'm Burr for the Expeditioners. Hope you're enjoying these mini-sodes. And I'll see you later. <laughs>